0: Not no, that's not welcome America. to the midas touch podcast holiday edition woo, ben, woo. let's Brent go and jordy fighting
1: for democracy what's going on brothers Nothing, you guys. I can't believe it's December 23rd. I mean, how the heck did this year go by so quickly? It's really just unbelievable. But quite the year it's been. I mean, could you even imagine that we'd still be dealing with all this chaos, everything that's going on in the world at this time of the year? I mean, it's just... Crazy, but we also have a lot to celebrate, a lot to be grateful for, and a lot of that is you, the Midas Mighty. Thank you so much for sticking it out with us and for fighting every single day for our democracy. And how are you doing there, Jordy? I'm doing well. Democracy never sleeps. You know what I noticed? I noticed a lot of. I'm
2: not going to call anyone out by name, but I did notice a lot of podcasters tend to take off this time of year. You know, they they shut their batteries off. You know, they 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 do whatever they need to do. And I'm not going to knock them, but all I'm going to say is. Democracy doesn't sleep.
1: Democracy does not sleep. Democracy does not sleep, and apparently neither do we. We got a great show coming up today that I am incredibly excited about. So we sat down with former White House Communications Director Anthony Scaramucci, founder of SkyBridge Capital. Fans of the show will remember our all-time great interview with the Mooch earlier on in the podcast uh, and just like the life of the podcast. He was like one of our early interviews and he made shockwaves through Capitol Hill when he did an epic takedown of Kevin McCarthy that apparently Kevin McCarthy himself was very hurt by. So I take that as... Should, a we, should we re-air that clip actually right yeah, now before let's, we get let's into do the it. interview All right, just let's let's remind do, the listeners? Let's, let's do Here's Mooch's takedown of Scaramucci and I think Ted Cruz and Trump also get thrown in the mix here. Let's check it
3: out. What was McCarthy like in private? So McCarthy has morphed into this principalist coward, okay? But when he was a younger guy, you know, he was an acolyte of Jack Kemp. And I don't know if you remember Jack Kemp, but Jack Kemp was the conservative, but he was the garden variety, loved everybody, conservative. He played in the NFL, he had a huge following in the African-American community. And he was an acolyte alongside of Eric Cantor and Paul Ryan. And then, you know, he was aspiring to the Speaker of the House. He got caught doing something personally. He got knocked out of that job. So Paul Ryan reluctantly took it. But where Kevin is now in his life, he's my age, he's 57, looks like shit. Because what happens is when you're working for Donald Trump, he's poisoning you from the inside, okay? Now, the good news is, good Lord, save my ass. I got ejected like an Austin Powers villain. And so I got saved from that shit, but he was putting the poison in these people. And that's why Kevin looks like he's fucking 200 years old, but he's my age and he is so ambitious. He is so ambitious. He's so ego. Ted Cruz is like seven, yes. eight years younger than I mean, me. Look I said, at that look at Ted guy. Cruz. <laughs> so, I mean, he's, he's Cruz like is like thirty five. <laughs> fucking grandpa monster, the fucking guy, right? Cruz is sleeping Cruz, upside down in a fucking. Cruz, yeah, Cruz I mean, is like my age. Guy, Ted Cruz, <laughs> to me, is everything that you don't want to be in life. Okay, he's a coward. He's a moralizer, uh, which is all bullshit. He's a hypocrite. And when Trump went after his wife, Ted Cruz. You know put knee pads on his elbows okay to try to give trump a blowjob. i mean i mean the guy's a disgusting guy and then he goes after uh ted's father says he helped commit the assassination the jfk yeah. are you fucking kidding me when trump went after my wife i told jonathan swan watch what i do to this guy you're going after my wife on, your, on the presidential twitter feed who the hell do you think you are You're not allowed to do that to somebody like me. I'm a neighborhood guy from Long Island. You're not going after my wife. And so the word on this, the best part about the the clip
2: is amazing. (laughs) The clip is unbelievable. The best part about this is, you know, we have our inside sources here and there too. We're not going to give any names away, but we heard Kevin McCarthy was very, very hurt by that video.
1: Well, it's the, you know, Kevin McCarthy deserves every bit of it. He's absolutely terrific. He's totally uh, appealed to the domestic terrorist wing of the Republican Party and decided that that's going to be his way forward. You know, he really doesn't care about American democracy. He doesn't care about America. He just cares about his own power. So whatever little bit we could do to hurt Kevin's feelings, uh, I take that as a big win. Now, I am just incredibly excited to get into the interview here. Mooch's updated thoughts on Mooch, get Mooch's take on what's going on with everything from Build Back better, to Trump, to Death Santis, to DOJ prosecutions of the January 6th insurrectionists, and more. So first let's hear a quick word from our sponsor, and then we're gonna go into a new, brand new, hot out the oven, fresh interview with the one and only Anthony Scaramucci. Mooch!
2: Today's program is brought to you by Soul, the sustainable orthopedic footwear company that seeks to bring peace where the ground meets your feet. What's a footbed? Insult, insert, orthotic? Why are orthotics so expensive? What's the fuss anyway? Well, 85% of the population will have one or more foot-related ailments in their lifetime. Plantar fasciitis. A couple other really big medical terms that I can't really pronounce right now. You were going for it though. You you went for it, Jordy. I (laughs) I did give it a shot. Uh, Shin splints. And a lot of these other unsexy ailments can be helped with a footbed. Sol has created a foot bed as in a great place to rest your soul. That is affordable, customizable, and improves people's everyday foot comfort. Millions of customers rave about this product and two thirds of Sol customers have two or more pairs of foot beds. That's wow. That's a lot. Once you know the comfort, pain relief, performance enhancement, and injury prevention benefits of Sol footbeds, you'll want them in every shoe you own. What's more is Sol, Created its own recycling program, Recork, to collect and upcycle used wine corks to make its products. So far, Recork has collected over 125 million wine stoppers, jeez that get grounded down and reused into the company's own footbeds and shoes. Guys, circularity exists. Soul has an amazing offer for first time customers of 50% off through yoursoulcom Midas so you can try Soul for yourself. Promo code is Midas. We're so confident that you'll love this that we'll also offer a 90-day money-back guarantee. Very hard to go wrong, folks. The Midas Touch offer is applicable to all items on the Soul store, be it footbeds or footwear. So go to yoursolecom slash Midas. That's yoursol dot com slash M-E-I-D-A-S. So you can try Soul for yourself. Promo code
0: Midas. And now... Back to the show. Welcome to the Midas Touch Podcast. Guess who we got? Who we we got, got Anthony Scaramucci, the moon.
3: Mooch mo- alert. Some Strong <laughs> Island stuff going on here, Let's right? Go. Basically, right? By the way, did you guys really, when did you realize that there were other people on planet Earth besides Jews and Italians? Okay. I think it was me. It was like 1983. But when, th- when did you I guys realize the, it? I
1: remember the day. It was 2004. Yeah. 2004. Yeah, right. Right.
3: Right, you 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 somehow cross one of these bridges, and you were like in another world, right? But on Long Island, it's like Jews and Italians, right? <laughs> <There's> <laughs> yeah, a lot of similarities
1: know. between the two cultures. Absolutely, but uh, Italians I, I have better food.
3: I couldn't agree with you more. But it's all it's all good stuff. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah! Thank you again for inviting me back. You know, all that's good. you happy.
0: made you made quite the appearance on the last Midas Touch podcast. You went off on Kevin McCarthy, I hear. He was not too pleased about what you had to say with him. Any other
3: did you get some feedback from him?
0: Oh, I got feedback generally from people on the hill that were just buzzing (laughs) that all he's been talking about was your rant against him on the Minus Touch podcast. And he was
3: like fucking mooch. Yeah, because he knows. And he knows look, I know Kevin a long time. Okay. He knows. Okay. He knows what he's doing is the wrong thing. Okay. And that's what's upsetting about it because he's a very very smart guy, right? We're gonna are we, are we gonna talk about Death Santos at some point too? Oh, or right, right after this, you, okay. Yeah, let, God, we're gonna talk about Ron Death Santos, okay, with the scimitar and the skull and crossbones, okay, trying to kill everybody in Florida. But let's talk let's talk about Kevin McCarthy for a second because Kevin's is a very very intuitive, got great political instincts, guy. So he's now decided, though, he's going to join the dark side, OK, because he could have been the Liz Cheney of the party. He could have said, you know what, this fat orange jerk off, enough of this nonsense and break the stronghold of that cult and return back to the principles of the Republican Party. You guys may not like the Republican Party or you like the pro- It doesn't matter. The Republican Party is necessary in its old constituted form. You got to have a two party system. and You have to have a rigorous debate. But you got a bunch of guys that decided that they're going to go off the reservation into the personality cult land or the cult of personality land. And Kevin's one of them. And he knows. Terrible. Kevin, if you're listening, because apparently you listen to Midas, you know better, okay? You know better. <laughs> and you, gotta, you, you used to have a moral center. And now your, your gyroscope is spinning towards ambition only. And it's very unpatriotic. And I'm actually surprised by it. I'm so I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed for you and your family. And I'm surprised that you actually went in that direction. I would have never guessed that from Kevin McCord.
0: And so you talk about Ron DeSantis. You know, there's a similar strain there, of though. Very smart person, you know, based on their background, but who's leaned into this Mussolini authoritarianism. Like, I think Death Santos
3: plan cut. is to be a dictator. Cause you guys are great. You know, like I, I said, I was an Austin Powers villain last time you had me like blowing out of like, the space. Yeah, you capsule, like, a the little bottom. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was great. But you gotta get the cut from Ron DeSantis being asked by Maria Bartiromo over the weekend mm. if he got himself vaccinated because oh, he, he can't answer the question. Have you gotten the booster? So uh, I've
0: done whatever I did, the the normal shot. And, you know, that at the end of the day is people's individual decisions about what they want to do. But these boosters in terms now, Florida, we don't we ban vaccine passports. We we won't let them fire you, even private businesses over this because we don't think that's appropriate. But one of the reasons why we took those steps is because we knew the definition of vaccination would be a
3: shifting target. He's a quavering equivocating, wavering sort of guy. So this is, again, here's my compass. It's spinning now. All I want is ambition. I am blindly ambitious. And so I'm running for the presidency. And I think I need these hordes of unvaccinated people to get myself to the presidency. So I'm going to listen to my political consultants and I'm going to act like a bozo on my way to the presidency. So so my my message to Ron, they said, how are you going to handle the Vladster? OK, if you're if you're this equivocating and this much of an unprincipled kowtow, how are you going to go up against Vlad Putin when you need to? You see what if I'm saying? If, like and if so, you're
1: scared of the people who think JFK is going to rise from the dead, how are you going to face yeah. Russia? Well, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. so so
3: so, you know, this is the stuff that's going on in the party. And this is blindly ambitious. You know, I Nikki Haley like Nikki Haley. These are all different versions of Trump detergent. OK, so let me go over to Trump detergents. OK, so death <laughs> Santis, he thinks he's a smarter version of Trump. So he's like Trump with colors, you know, like, you know, like, you know, tied with colors. OK, uh, <laughs> Nikki Haley <laughs> is to like to the to ambivalent, right? Like <laughs> she's two scoops of Trump on a Monday no scoops of Trump on Wednesday. And then all of a sudden she loves Trump. She's going to go with five scoops of Trump detergent on a Friday. Right. And then you got you got uh, Pompeo who's getting ready. Right. He's probably lost, you know, 25, 30 pounds to get ready. Right. So he's he's skinny Trump. Right. You know, like, you know, I'm just give you the different versions of these people in terms of the product line. Right. And then you got Pence. Pence. I adore Pence. Just when you thought you met the whitest person in the world, Donald Trump, Pence shows up. He's Trump with bleach. He's the whitest person <laughs> you could ever come across. P- Pence is all plenum. whites. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he's yeah, he's he's just white as white can be. So. So. But, you know, look, I mean, so this is the Republican Party now. The question is, is anybody going to step up with any level of principle and are they going to, uh, you know, denounce what's going on? And, and then if they were going to denounce what's going on, would they end up? Would they end up with the uh, the mantle of leadership? Could they actually win the nomination in that party? Could you imagine the Republicans need a Barack Obama like figure who could build a coalition across that whole universe? And by the way, guys, I saw this okay because I did support Donald Trump. I have to own that for the rest of my life. You have a lot of economically desperational people who are gravitated towards that populism and gravitated towards that anger. And so you've got weather vanes, okay, that are basically allowing themselves to follow that as opposed to being guideposts or thermostats where they set a coordinate and move people away from that nonsense. You see what's going on? Yeah, like, and I
1: wanna it, I want to get into that it, in a second. It. Sorry to interrupt your flow, Ben, but like DeSantis, like it seems like to me, these are not my beliefs in any way, but if he wanted to be a leader, he could say, hey, I'm against mandates. I'm against the government telling you what to do in all situations, but I'm vaccinated, I'm boosted, and I encourage everybody to get vaccinated and boosted. But at the end of the day, it's your choice. You're like, But he can't even go that far. He can't even admit, like, yes, I got vaccinated. Yes, I got boosted. And it's the right thing to do. And now you make your own decision. Like, why can't he even, like, so to me, that would show I, at least a little I mean, bit of leadership. Real,
3: real leadership would be taking it one step further, Brett. Honestly, real leadership is like, listen, I got myself vaccinated. You've got 15 vaccinations on your card to get into a public school. Even in Florida, you got to get these vaccinations to get into the public school. And in order to stop the pandemic, we need ourselves to get vaccinated the same way we stop the polio pandemic or other pandemics. And by the way, here are the incentives to go get vaccinated. And and, you know, here's the thing. You're at war, guys. Okay, and so if you're at war with an invisible organism, look at our great grandfathers and our grandfathers. They went to war against the Nazis and the Axis powers, and they accepted a mandate. What was that mandate? It was a draft mandate. And so they subverted and subordinated all their personal freedoms to go into the United States armed forces to protect the society from tyranny.
1: Um, Can you imagine any of these people having to ration goods and do any of this make any
3: of the sacrifices? So so where are we now? Are we really that soft? And is our leadership really that pliable where we can't speak the honest truth to people? And where are we with the truth in terms of the vaccine? And oh, by the way, you know, because you guys are intelligent guys, that there's a tremendous amount of disinformation in social media, regular media, Russian-influenced GRU KGB like disinformation designed to split our country alienate ourselves from each other and to reinforce tribal stereotypes and tribal hatreds and you guys know all of that and the russians drop a couple of truths in there with all the mistruths you know well your freedom is at risk what are you talking about you are more free if you're vaccinated okay you're more free to go out into the society and you're putting yourself in less of a harm's way for your family members, meaning if I'm vaccinated and boosted, which I am, I'm I'm less of a risk to my younger children that are not vaccinated. You see that? So this is about civic duty, civic virtue. Where is the political leadership in the Republican Party explaining that? But let me be critical of the Democrats for a second, because they actually get this, thank God, at least one party gets this. Why not be out there every day and saying, okay, this is what's being said by jackass number one, and this is the truth. Okay, this is being said, misinformation propaganda. This is probably GRU related from their technology and their autobots, and this is the truth. And by the way, you can hate Trump, but Trump is getting booed at his Bill O'Reilly Trump rallies or whatever the hell they are, because he's telling people that he got himself vaccinated and boosted. And by the way,
2: I think over the weekend. Sorry to cut you off, but over yeah, the no, weekend, no, right? I'm... That that that's when um that's when this that's when DeSantis you know did his whole whole thing with uh, Maria Bartomaro. Trump just gave everyone the talking point now. Going forward. So I think if asked today, I think DeSantis would maybe actually change his position oh, or, or his delivery.
1: Do you think he would though? Or is DeSantis I, I going against so Trump, Trump right Trump's now? I think booed. Trump's, getting, Trump's booed. getting booed. And by the way, That's I think if point. Trump were asked again, I think he'd be a little more delicate about it because he doesn't like getting booed and he likes the admiration. And I think DeSantis, like like you say, which he views himself as a smarter Trump. And so if he thinks he could out Trump Trump, he's going to do that. I, I think all the way, I mean, you, by the way, you, did you see the QAnon forums? Uh, I mean, I'm sure you didn't because I don't think you perused <laughs> them. Um, but I saw screenshots yesterday of these QAnon forms, And the number one comments about Trump's statements were that must one of them was that must have been a clone of Trump. That wasn't the real Donald Trump up there is what I saw. Right, um, right. The second one I saw was, you know, when he got the when he got COVID and he was injected with all that pharmaceutical medicines, it changed his brain. And he's not the same Trump that we voted for and we can't vote right. for him again. And those were like right. the two top theories as to why Trump was telling people to get the booster.
3: Okay, so this should make all three of you sad, right? Because it it, what, what, what it's telling you is there's a very large chunk of the society that is bailing on the overall society. So, hmm. and these are, pe- guys, I'm telling you, okay, these are people I grew up with. You guys grew up on Long Island. Yep. My dad operated a crane here in Port Washington for 42 years. I got cousins of mine that are clamming out here on Long Island. They're putting in auto glass. They're making deli food. Okay. And these guys, but for me, they're not getting themselves vaxxed because they're pissed. They're pissed at the establishment. They're pissed at the political establishment, the medical establishment. Why are they pissed? They feel that they've been left out that there's a group of people that have got very rich and there's a group of people that are in the haves and a lot of them are in the have nots. And you got to blame somebody for that. Okay. That's the classic political weaponry of scapegoating. And so in comes the Q and on it has to be a conspiracy in comes the Donald Trump stuff, the avatar of, of my anger, let him express himself on Twitter in a way that upsets everybody. That makes me feel better about myself. You see what's going on? Yeah.
1: Well, and, I say, you say incomes, 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 but I'll, I'll say a different kind of income and that's income inequality, which I think is something that does fuel terrible. a lot of this because you're terrible. right. I mean, the rich over the pandemic, especially when people were locked down, the rich got richer than, uh, than ever, made billions and billions of dollars and the working people of this country got poorer
3: and that disparity and they, got, and increased, they got sick and, too, And, and, and they, they got and, sick yeah. because they were outside. They had to work with other people. They got themselves COVID, And oh, by the way, the central bank, the Federal Reserve put $5 trillion on the balance sheet to inflate assets, but it also caused a tremendous amount of inflation. And so if I'm a laborer, my purchasing power went down by about 7% last year. So if you're listening to this and you have dollar denominated assets, you got taxed last year. It just happened to be a tax by the central bank who took away your purchasing power through inflation. So that compounds the pissed offness. Yeah, you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah and, I'm, and, so and I'm
1: not and I'm not putting aside, you know. Race, I'm not putting aside other people's just innate whatever. Like, I don't want to excuse the behavior entirely. That's not what I, you know, seek to do here. But I think we have to acknowledge that there is this income inequality in this country, which is fueling this anger at the establishment. And it's why people throughout history have turned to dictators. It's why people have turned to Hitlers to save them. It's why people turn to people like Trump. It has nothing to do with anything other than fuck the establishment. Like you said, you know, they're just pissed off.
3: So so imagine a leader like Gavin McCarthy literally explaining this to people and literally saying, "Okay, listen, through our policies or our mistakes that we made, we left this very large batch of people out. And we are now going to forget about left or right. Let's just focus on what's right or wrong for these people. I'm going to work with Chuck Schumer. I'm going to work with Nancy Pelosi and we're going to get this right for this group of people, so that they can come back into the establishment. You see, they they broke off because they went from economically aspirational blue-collar people to economically desperational. And I recognize that, and I'm here, I'm about to become the Speaker of the House. I am going to create policies in a bipartisan way to bring the country together. Okay, But that's not what they're doing okay, what they're doing is let's use the tribalism as a weapon. And oh, by the way, since our ideas now suck and they're outdated, let's stay with the ideas, but let's just not count the votes of the people that are voting against our ideas. You see what's going on? An entrepreneurial leader would say, okay, I got to color up my ideas. I got to change them so that they look like the beautiful, colorful mosaic of the country that we're living in today, not Ronald Reagan's country, not Dwight Eisenhower's country, but the country that we're living in today. But these guys don't want to do that. So they want to restrict the voting in places like Georgia and they want to restrict the voting because their ideas suck now. Okay. And they're not fresh and that's what's going on. And they get pissed, they get pissed at guys like me because I know the game and I'm calling right. them out on it and they're pissed. And by the way, none of them will debate me. You know, I I asked I asked Steve Bannon for four years straight. Let's have a live debate. We can do it anywhere you want. You can pick moderator, Squanto, NFW. How is he going to debate me? Okay. By the way, you heard about his new skin product. It's called Blotch, right? Have you heard about the new <laughs> skin product? You didn't buy any of it for Christmas. That's the that
2: type of Long Island wit that we that we just so no, I appreciate actually I actually
3: stole that from Bill Murray when he impersonated him on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I just think that's one of the better ones. But, I mean, Steve Bannon, you know why I believe in God, right? Have I told you guys? Not no. Why. why? Okay. Because, <laughs> you know, listen, you're a lot of secularism. I'm a Catholic. You can doubt God, okay? But I believe in God. Let's just talk about B- Bannon for a second. He's very smart. He's well-read. If you don't see him, he's very charismatic. You know, he's he knows how to draw people in. But I'm absolutely convinced that God made him so motherfucking ugly (laughs) to save the civilization from Steve Bannon. Right. So when I'm thinking, oh, geez, man, I'm losing my faith in God. I take a look at Steve Bannon in the contemporary hobo fashion.
2: Just just uh, a quick Steve Bannon Google search. The the,
3: the alcoholic rotting nose. And I'm like, this is effing great. There's got to be a God. But just, just remember, when you're doubting God, have that as a visual.
1: There you have it.
0: <laughs> and, and Anthony, you see these uh, Christmas cards that like Lauren Bobert's putting out Representative Massey, where they have their family members holding AR-15s and other assault weapons, like in the immediate aftermath of school shootings. I, I mean, don't you think Democrats and just Everybody, just people who care about safety and security, should just be out there every single day just messaging how ridiculous that is and how offensive it is in the society for the Second Amendment, which is an important amendment, though, to be perverted in such a way to fetishize assault weapons and really promote school shootings.
3: Well, not only do I agree with you, but I tweeted out that picture of Massey, and I said, "Who's ever running against this asshole? Please give me a call. I will give you money, okay?" And I'll say the same thing about Boebert. And because again, remember, the priorities for us have to be the democracy. Yep. The priorities for us have to be what is right or wrong, okay? Not the ideology. And so again, you can like or dislike Liz Cheney but I have an enormous amount of respect for Liz Cheney because she went against the party. They ousted her from her leadership position, but she's like, are you guys kidding me? You, 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 you had a subversion of the democracy and a potential insurrection. And again, since we started out with Kevin McCarthy, go to Kevin's speech right after the insurrection happened and the anger that he was exemplifying related to Donald Trump, And then two minutes later, he's down in Mar a Lago, Mar a Lago, kissing his you know what. Okay. And it's just reprehensible. And so you got to just look at her and say, okay, I may not like her views or I may like her views, but I do love the fact that she is prioritizing the democracy and the integrity of the republic over the party. Okay. Just imagine if we didn't have people like Liz Cheney, how bad this would be. Or imagine. what are, you, what are you doing Brett you putting the yes, order on it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, Brett, <laughs> Brett, what's
2: going
1: Brett? on my, 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 my camera uh got disconnected. I don't but know. you're not okay. going right. to even I acknowledge it? Just, you're just, like getting yeah.
0: naked while you're-, you're <laughs> yeah, i no, putting, putting my mic
1: back, 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 back on. No, the, you're, you're in the middle of a show. I'm not going to acknowledge <laughs> okay. the technical okay. so issues. I didn't realize this was
3: the magic mic show, with the measles. I didn't realize that. Unbelievable, you guys. For all those listening, I tried to
1: wardrobe change. I didn't do wardrobe change. My camera shut off un- and so I was <laughs> trying to fix it. There it goes again.
0: All right. Well, we right. We, I mean, we don't we don't really need you, Brett. I mean, right. sorry. <laughs>
3: you guys take it. Sorry. I don't want to go Brett. off on a tangent, but I'm just saying to you, imagine clear speaking, principle based leadership, how much better the country would be doing. Imagine if these guys had got themselves vaccinated and every one of their family members vaccinated. Right. You got the goon, uh, Ted, grandpa, Monster Cruz going after Big Bird. Right. But imagine if he was like, hey, you know what? This is an international calamity and it's a national calamity. We're at 61.4% fully vaccinated. If we can get to 91%, we'll have herd immunity, we'll burn out the virus. That means more political freedom, more economic freedom, uh, more ability to get the economy going again. But, you know, and, and by the way, these propagandists that have filled doubt, put the seed of doubt in all these people, they're laughing. They're laughing. They're like, oh my God, can you believe what happened to America that they used to be unified? And we figured out a way to break them down into these stereotypical tribes. And we got them to go after each other as opposed to being locked in and unite. Then we got a group of political leaders that know that that's happening, but because it helps them, and their own personal power, they play right into it. It's revolting, guys. It is absolutely revolting.
1: It isn't one of the ironies of it, though, that there are policies out there that Democrats are really trying to pass? And I don't know your views on, on these policies, to be honest, but you have things like Build Back Better, which are at least trying to get people things like universal pre-K and are trying to bridge that divide in the income inequality, trying to give programs to families who need it. And then the people who kind of need them the most are the people who aren't able to get them or the people from these. Republican states, the people who actually do take in the most federal funds and the people who are the poorest states. I mean, we see it with West Virginia, with Joe Manchin states, which ranks anywhere between 45th and 50 50 in education and income and in health, quality of life, all all that stuff. So I I think bills like that, ironically, would not only solve short-term financial issues of families, but would actually help take people out of these sort of QAnon rabbit holes and conspiracy rabbit holes, because they'd be working, they'd be getting money, they'd be able to have money, then not be so concerned, all the things that you're talking about, about these economically disadvantaged people.
3: Well, listen, I was on CNBC yesterday debating Kevin O'Leary. I think you guys know Mr. Wonderful, and I like Kevin a lot. (laughs) Uh, Kevin is a staunch conservative. Okay, I am what I would call a moderate Republican. Um, I'm sort of center left on social issues, and I'm probably slightly to the right on business issues because I I don't believe in equal outcomes. I don't think socialism works. I can prove that to people. I can give you 200 years of data. Okay, but what I am for is equal opportunity. Yeah. So what I what I've been insisting upon when I talk about these things is, We need as a society to create a platform of equal opportunity. So if you're not born into a good school system or you're not lucky with your parents, we're a rich enough nation where we can provide education and health benefits to young children to give them at least an opportunity to get to the starting block. You want to talk about desperation. uh, How about the parent that knows that their kid is going to make less money and have less of a career opportunity than they do? think about the reverse of the American dream. And so is Build Back Better perfect? It was not perfect. Is there going to be government waste in big projects like that? Yes, there will be. But you have to understand you're getting the macros right. And when you're getting the macros right as it relates to child care, child education, handling environmental issues, which unfortunately we have to handle, Okay, you got to go with big programs like that. And I remind all my elitist friends, okay, they are direct beneficiaries of government programs. You want to talk about a government program? How about a five trillion dollar expansion in the Federal Reserve's balance sheet over the last 21 months? Five trillion dollars, which made the top 15 people a trillion dollars in terms of the expansion of their stock market growth. And so, you want to talk about elitism, we're bailing out banks, we're bailing out big businesses, we're offering big businesses all these tax incentives and benefits. So, you mean to tell me we're going to spend $900 million on the military, but Build Back Better, which is about $300 billion a year, we can't put that together to help the domestic strife that's going on in the country? Oh, but the deficit. Oh, but the deficit. Okay. Well, then, guys- Don't be hypocrites, because you spent $8 trillion under Donald Trump very freely, very willingly. You passed a 2017 tax cut the build back better like macros. What are you guys doing? You know, why not have a 25-year plan to fix all of these things? And remember, and let me just finish on this one note. Yeah, We are so much better when our government is intersecting with the private sector and helping. Think of the GI Bill. Think of the space program. Think of the U.S. highway, the interstate highway program under Dwight Eisenhower. All of those things helped expand the base of jobs and the private sector. So, yes, I I agree with the Build Back Better in its macro form. Is there going to be waste in there, Brett? Yes. There what isn't,
1: right? What What is, they, we're not going to That's get a perfect right. bill in Washington or anywhere.
3: There hasn't been a Pentagon audit in, in I don't know, since the existence of the Pentagon. Okay. Yeah, so and then like really the it'll... entire Senate voted for $768
1: billion in, in, in defense. I just don't know who I'm, are we speaking with Anthony Scaramucci or are we speaking with Bernie Sanders here? It's hard to tell.
3: No, 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 no. You see, the thing is, this is the thing that <laughs> bothers everybody. Bernie Sanders is actually right about a few things. Okay. And it bothers everybody. And that's too bad. You know, I, 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 I'll call a spade a spade. The income inequality and the way we're set up now as a society is very, very dangerous. Okay. You know, you got guys like uh, here. Okay. Raise no dummy. Okay. You should read this book. Ray, right?
1: Ray Dalio, the book that Smooch is holding up yeah. is Principles yeah. for Dealing with the Changing World Order, yeah. Why Nations no Succeed and Fail.
3: What, what is Ray basically saying? Ray is basically saying that we, we have to, we have to fix this. We have to fix this. We have to fix this divide. And he, he goes back through history. When you have a very large group of the population that feels desperate, there's a revolution. There's civil strife. There's civil war. I'm not saying the United States is ripe for civil war or anything like that but why let this thing go on for another two decades? Why do that? Why not come up with the policies right now? Why not be more focused on public service as opposed to political partisanship and the self-preservation of personality? Why not focus on the public and fix the problem? You You know, this is the thing I hate about our society. Kevin McCarthy may be right about a few things. Let's look at what they are, but so is Bernie Sanders. Why do we have to be, oh, Bernie Sanders came up with the idea, I hate the guy's guts, or, you know, uh, that was a Republican-based idea, and so therefore I can't, I have to denounce it. You see what I'm saying? I think it's a terrible way to go about this. We got to get together and figure it out. That's the way the country was designed in the first place. Do you think
2: we'll get there? Do you think we'll get there?
3: I do. I do, because you got banana heads like you guys that are a lot younger than me, (laughs) that are focused on it. And so I do, I think there's gonna, I think the baby boomers suck as politicians, okay? We're a bunch of, and by the way, I'm a baby boomer. Okay, I'm I'm born at the tail end of it. Neilism, narcissism, me first, and a whole lot of motherfucking whining. Okay, that's the baby boomer culture, and that has permeated the political class. And they have totally failed the country. Go look at the math, the deficit spending. The income inequality. They got a baton passed to them from the greatest generation, uh, where they were they were thoughtful in containing communism, thoughtful in creating a peace dividend, thoughtful in doing things like we just described—the GI Bill, the highway system, the moon program—which led to all the growth in Silicon Valley in terms of our technology. And what are we doing, other than overpromising? and literally trying to bankrupt the country. And at the same time, uh, oh, you know what? I don't like you, so I don't want you to vote for me. Is it a real democracy when the candidate themselves can choose their own voters? Is that a real democracy, guys? Because now we've got all of these districts, they look like jigsaw puzzles. When I was a kid growing up, they looked like geometric shapes that the four of us could recognize in ninth grade geometry but now they all look like jagged edge jigsaw puzzles because I'm going to choose my own voters. Now you got that. Is that a real democracy? So, so what does the country need? And it hasn't gotten this in a long period of time. It needs constitutional amendments. You know, we, we, the last amendment was in 93 that was administrative. The big mega amendment was in 65, the voting rights act. But, you know, look at, look at, you got 27 amendments to the constitution. The country's 235 years old, 45 years old. Should have an amendment every eight to nine years. We haven't had a macro amendment. So, what are some suggestions? Number one campaign finance. Plessy versus Ferguson is Citizens United. They said that you can have separate but equal schools, separate but equal facilities, right? Plessy versus Ferguson. That's why we put no blacks at the lunch counter. You can't go into a white bathroom. Blacks go to the back of the bus. You know the whole story, right? And yeah. then you had Brown versus Board of Education that liquefied Plessy versus Ferguson. Citizens United needs to be liquefied. That is separate but equal as it relates to democracy. If I'm rich, I've got a billion-dollar megaphone, and you're poor, you've got one vote. Okay, there's there's a rank unfairness in a democratic system to that, that's got to be changed. The gerrymandering has gone beyond the pale in terms of the cynicism that it's creating in the body politic. So these things have to be changed. And your generation will figure it out. I'm very confident in that uh, because you're smart, you're data dependent, you're less ideologically strident, And you're searching for the right answer. And so your generation will figure out. And by the way, there'll be things about my ideas that you guys don't like. I am right leaning on business, the free enterprise system, free competition, and things like that. Because I think it's very, very important to create innovation, which leads to stupendous growth. And I want to have debates on meaningful ideas, you know,
0: and have that competition of of who has the best idea. But We're still in this place now also where you have the Republican Party, which is an anti-democratic party that has pretty much leaned in to supporting the January 6th insurrection in every single way. And we haven't seen a great level of accountability for a lot of the individuals who led the January 6th insurrection, including Donald Trump himself. As we approach 2022, do you see accountability, whether it's through Jan 6th committee whether it's through um, a number of the other criminal investigations, you know, into Trump, his family, his inner circle. And and even should that be our focus right now? Is, is that a prerequisite to healing as a democracy that an authoritarian like a Trump is held to account?
3: You know, so, you know, I, I think I shared this with you on the last podcast. I'll share it again. Trump's not going to jail. Uh, they're not going to put him in jail. The the, the Biden administration and Joe Biden in particular, they don't want to turn the country into a banana republic where they're jailing their political adversaries. And so Trump is a bad guy. He's a mendacious guy. He's probably broken the law a gazillion times. But because he got to the American presidency, they're not going to put him in jail. I think what they're hoping to do is catch him red handed at the insurrection. He's a domestic terrorist catch him red-handed on the tax foibles and the tax evasion over the years and say, okay, we got you red-handed. Um, you're not going to go to jail, but we need you out of the political system. And so that's what I think happens with Donald Trump. I don't think any of his family members go to jail for that reason. Um, but if you're asking me, do we do we need to push this? Do we need to learn the truth about this? Of course we need to do that because you need to set up deterrence for future bad actors, okay? Guys like Josh Hawley, Ron Death Santis, uh, Ted, Grandpa Munster Cruz, they all think of themselves as smarter versions of Trump. And they've all tipped their hand here at the card table. They're willing to subvert the democracy for power. And so you have to set up roadblocks uh, for deterrence to those things, Ben. And so, yes, you have to have that discussion and you have to get to the bottom of what actually happened. And hopefully as a result of getting to the bottom of what happened, you can break the fever that these people have on a large group of the population. Remember, Hitler had very high approval ratings after he was dead. Go look at the approval rating numbers in the former fascist Germany, May 1945. Hitler's approval ratings were stark. Okay, And uh, I don't even want to mention what they are because it's embarrassing how high they actually were. He was dead in the bunker, 60 million people killed on the continent, yet people were still uh, talking about him favorably.
1: Isn't that why we need consequences, though? Isn't it like it, Wouldn't the DOJ not prosecuting because they are scared of their reaction? Wouldn't that set a bad example in and of itself? That once you become Maybe. president, you're above the law and you could do whatever Maybe. you want. Ends justify the means. However, you get there. Once you get Maybe. there, though, have an insurrection. Go do whatever you need. I,
3: I don't. I don't think it served the state of Israel well to jail one of their prime ministers. I don't think it's going to serve the state of Israel well in terms of what's going on with Netanyahu. Uh, I don't think in a democracy like this, the oldest standing Republican democracy, you want to build jail cells for your political adversaries, even if they're bad actors. So so I know that but that sounds criminals. terrible. <laughs> I know it sounds terrible. And I hope people be super mad at me for saying that. Um, and by the way, does Donald Trump does go, deserve to go to jail? I'm sure they have the evidence on him. That's overwhelming. Right. Uh, but I don't I, I think what we have to do is break the fever and move on. That's what I'm hoping we can do as a group of people. And by the way, if he ends up going to jail, um, it, you, you, you think it may serve our interest in terms of judge justice, but it may f- create a fever in terms of martyrdom. And I don't want that to happen for the site. And here's the thing. Uh, And and I wish all of your uh, podcast listeners a great holiday, and I wish them, may they never enter into politics, because let me tell you why. (laughs) What happens is there's a tremendous amount of gray in politics, okay? And I like to see the world black and white. My parents raised me well. I want to do the right or wrong thing, but there's a lot of gray in politics. There's a lot of amorphous behavior, and there's a lot of really tough decisions that have to get made in politics where you make the decision and the other side of the coin sucks as well you know you put donald trump in jail let me tell you the 26 things that are going to happen here are the positives but here are the 26 negatives you don't put them in jail here are the positives here are the negatives and unfortunately that's the way politics works there's always going to be an underbelly to your decision making
1: food for thought and, and mooch before we uh head out um, I know you're a big Bitcoin guy. I see those uh, glowing eyes in your profile picture, which I think is a Bitcoin thing. I see, yeah. is, that a, is that a Bitcoin thing? <laughs> it's a Bitcoin thing. Yeah, it's Michael Staler,
3: I think. He, you know, you got to have a, th- we're trying to get, Bit- you know, Bitcoin at 100,000, I can take the laser eyes off. Okay, laser eyes I off I thought at we were getting there by the end of the year, but I bet you we get there by June of next year now. You know, it's just timing more than anything else. You know, the, the demand is there. It's just, there's a lot of volatility.
1: So I assume you are investing heavily in MAGA coin, the new Trump uh, crypto. I didn't even know
3: about it. So you break. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's a MAGA coin. have you have, you, have you heard
1: about Melania's uh, NFT?
3: That I saw, yeah. Look, I always liked her. I have no problem with her. Remember, Trump went after my Trump went after my wife on Twitter. I have never said one bad thing about Melania, mm-hmm. except one of my laugh lines is I think my wife hates Trump almost as much as Melania.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I will end on a serious note, on a positive note. Hopefully, uh, yep. as we go into 2022, what do you think is the key message that you want people to have? What's the key message for democracy in 2022? And and how do you think we defeat this rise of autocracy in, in the United States?
3: you got to vote these guys out, you know, ultimately you got to vote these guys out and they've done a very, very good job of redistricting. They've done a very good job of, uh, of, uh, you know, putting themselves in position to win the midterms. So, you know, you, you got to work on the recruiting of good leadership. You got to get people in position that are willing to speak the truth regardless of the consequences. And so you need more Adam Kissinger's and more, uh, Liz Cheney's. okay, but, you know, and and let me let me tell you something, you know, if you're a Democrat out here listening, try to get back into the middle because that's where the country basically is. And if you if you want the Democrats to win in 2024, get back into the middle with your ideas, because if you go too far to the left, you're going to you're going to you're going to get routed by some potentially evil forces that I don't want to see have happen. No, I either want right minded Republicans that care about the democracy and are common sense oriented on social issues, or I'll take the Democrats because because the Republicans in their current fascistic form are a disaster for the country and a disaster for the democracy.
2: Mooch, favorite follower on Twitter, uh, Jordy Breder-Ben. So I.
3: I gotta, I gotta tell you something. I, 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 I can't pick you like, you like my children. I love you you all the same, (laughs) but I love, I love when I pop up on Midas touch because I know I'm going to get a lot of hate screeds after that. Okay. (laughs) And I'm absolutely fucking thrilled that Kevin McCarthy's pissed at me and Kevin, you have my cell phone as I have your cell phone, pick up the phone, give me a call. Okay. We'll have a very straight up conversation about how you've lost your way and possibly your mind. And it's time to grow up and serve the interests of the American people and denounce this behavior that's going on.
0: Anthony Scaramucci, thanks so much for joining us on the Midas Touch podcast.
1: Have a great day.
3: All right. That's Love you guys. Merry you Christmas,
0: Christmas. Happy Thank time. you for your time. It means a lot to us. We really appreciate you.
1: What's up Midas Mighty? Our next partner has a product that I literally use every single day. So I started taking athletic greens because my mornings are just so hectic. There's never enough time in the day. And I always wake up just so exhausted and I have so many things to do. So what I do is I start my day with a scoop of athletic greens. It gets me up. It gets me running. It brings clarity. You know, you ever have like a brain fog feeling? I know I often get that brain fog feeling, that inability to really even like think and process information athletic greens really helps me in those moments and provides a lot of clarity that i need to do the work that i do so what is athletic greens anyway well with one delicious scoop of athletic greens you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health your nervous system your immune system your energy recovery focus, aging, all of the things. So one thing I love about it also and why I like recommending it to so many people is it's lifestyle friendly. So whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, you can have athletic greens. And tons of people take some kind of multivitamin. Well, it's important that you choose one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. And it costs less than $3 a day. So you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit, which I definitely have to kick. And right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. I know so many people, I used to have like these just packages of these pills to take every single day, but now I know I get all the nutrients I need in one glass of Athletic Greens. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase and all you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Midas again that's athleticgreens.com slash m-e-i-d-a-s to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance and now back to the Midas Touch podcast
0: I mean Brothers. That might rival
1: our first interview with Mooch. I mean, that was, you know, a lot of great insight from Mooch there. I hope everybody here enjoyed it. What do you guys think, huh?
2: I, you know, I love talking to fellow Long Island guys. It's just funny, man, because anytime he jumps on, it, it, it's, it's, it's,
1: there's a sense of community there. And it's very funny. You no, know. It's, it is funny. It's like we've known the guy our whole lives, even though we we clearly don't. <laughs> exactly. uh, but no, Mooch, uh, you know, I think he has a lot of good points. And I think he's somebody who who gets it and and who's worth listening to. Um, and maybe he'll start investing in that MAGA coin after, uh, after that interview. I, think <laughs> I don't, some- I,
0: I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. But here's what I want to say about <laughs> Scaramucci. The way he frames his arguments, mm-hmm. he is just so incredibly sophisticated. Um, And you really have to re-listen to the interview multiple times, I think, to kind of fully appreciate all the information that he unpacks, how he unpacks it. And so I really, even when I'm listening to him, and I like to think that, you know, I'm quick on my feet in a lot of settings, but, you know, Scaramucci is like a really... A true Jedi of communications. He's bright. Of, He's really of, strate- bright. of strategic communications. And for Ben,
1: whose nickname as a lawyer has been Young Jedi, it's quite <laughs> the honor to bestow on somebody else, Ben, for you to call somebody a Jedi.
2: I have Ben in my phone book as Young Jedi.
0: <laughs> I would say this about Scaramucci though. The if you go through the way he even presents arguments, um, conceding vulnerabilities and you know in some of his arguments recognizing alternative perspectives and brett i thought it was really funny and it was an important part of the interview though when you were like so are you telling me you know you're a bernie bro or words to (laughs) those effect you know but the way the way he disarmed the question and was like well actually bernie has a lot of great ideas um that we should embrace there are definitely ideas that i disagree with but I do think that Bernie has a lot of great ideas. I tend to lean a certain way on economic issues. But overall, I think that, um, you know, that that Bert, we need to reflect on all all types of good ideas. But we need to, at the end of the day, be unapologetically pro-democracy. And that's not up for debate. There are no two sides of the spectrum when we're dealing with democracy. Jordy showing his phone with my
1: nickname, calling me young Jedi. Right? <laughs> Ben's in your phone as young Jedi. When Ben calls you, it says young Jedi.
2: He's been in my phone like that for like six years now. When I call years. you, what does it say? You don't want to know. I know. Okay.
1: That's, that's, that might be a tease for the next episode of the Midas Touch podcast. Wait, but
2: brothers, this is, um, you know, this is the last episode before Christmas. Like we mentioned earlier, we're not going anywhere. No, we're we'll here, be back we're, on, we are we'll Monday night. Yeah. Monday night. We're here Thursday. We're here. We're, we're, we're around. And so with that, off the top of the dome, Ben, favorite Christmas movie, go.
1: Home Alone. Brett? Elf, uh, 150, Elf.
2: Absolutely. You guys are both wrong. The correct answer is Die Hard.
1: I knew you were going to say Die Hard. And by the way, I'm not going to be a person who even argues with you about <laughs> Die Hard not being a Christmas movie because Die Hard is, is one of my favorite a, movies of all time. And it movie. is a Christmas movie. A, uh, well,
2: I you know what? It. The argument, the dumbest argument that people have <laughs> for why Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie is that... That situation could have happened any other time, to which I say, no, it couldn't. Absolutely not. They were all in that building very specifically because it was Christmas. Well, Home
1: Alone could have happened over like Spring Break, but it didn't. It happened because it happened during the Christmas setting. No, I mean fantastic, uh, great. uh, Die Hard, one of the all-time great movies. Didn't think we were going into Die Hard, but I love Die Hard. And uh, watched. Now we get all the one-star reviews for people who say Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. Well, okay, Uh, but you can't argue that. You can't co- argue but I think everybody agrees with me that Elf is is definitely the the superior Christmas movie. Um, and Home Alone, Ben, I think is showing his uh, Gen. What are you these days, Ben? Gen, what? You, you you won't accept your millennial status. So what what do you like to consider yourself? Gen I think y, I think. I'm... Yeah. Uh, was, uh, ben Ben late late millennial status is showing his home. home not late
0: millennial but, status. I mean, I I think that I'm I'm definitely not a millennial. I mean, I <laughs> we've that's... been
1: we've litigated this. It's <laughs> it's been decided. But you know what's the wackest Christmas movie of all time? Is they did like a home alone three with a different kid. Yeah, yeah You can't be doing why that. why even bother at that point? I don't even know. Yeah, agree. I agree. I, mean?
0: I just want to end this Gen Y, you know, millennials debate. Look, if you Google Gen Y, here's what it says. It says Gen Y, Gen Y or millennials, or were born between 1981 and 1994, 1996. They are currently between 25 and 40 years old. It's about 72.1 million
1: of us. These are millennials. Yeah. So it means you're a millennial. They made the name millennial after they named it Gen Y. So with that, everybody, Ben, just proving uh, our point against him. Uh, have a seriously, have a happy holiday. Have a safe holiday. Merry Christmas. Uh, hope you just get to spend it with your family. Hope everybody is safe. Hope everybody gets boosted, is vaxxed, practices social distancing when it's necessary. And please, it's a hard time for a lot of people. Um, and we know that. And we hear stories from every one of the privileges of of doing Midas Touch. We hear, you know, stories from a a wide variety of people, diverse amount of people, and we all know how difficult these times can be so please understand that when you speak with other people try to be kind to one another and jordy want to take us out
2: shout out to the midas mighty